If you don't mind, I'd actually, actually like to ask one of the most obvious questions. And it's actually one of those questions that we kind of grew up with. Um, and I think it's important that we deal with it because, you know, there are certain, like, chazals that we all know because we all grew up with those things. But then, if we have the same perspective when we're 18 as when we were 14 or 6, then that's a problem. In other words, what we're meant to be doing is we're meant to be growing in life. And therefore, sometimes when we look at a chazal, it might be the most obvious chazal, it might be the way we interpreted it when we were 7 or 14, should be totally different to the way we interpret it now. So, I want to speak and just mention a chazal which we are all familiar with. This one, like, for sure, you know. The famous Medrash, the famous Gemara, Yvomus, Kufya, Daladov, and Base, Shkayach. Anyway, this one is like one of the famous ones. We know, because all the coloring books tell us this, and all the kids come back from Gan making these beautiful pictures, that when the Rabbani Shalolam wanted to give the Torah, he was looking for a location. Right? It was, it was hard. It's, you know, look for a location for Kabbalah, Satoya. Ah, where's the Rabbani Shalolam going to choose? And as we know, which the Medrash tells us, which is alluded to in Halal, there was a debate amongst the nations. There was a debate amongst the mountains. Everyone wanted the uh, Torah to be given on them. There's even Uncle Moishi songs dedicated to this. We know this Medrash by heart. right? All the, the mountains got up and said, we want the Torah to be given on us. And then what happened, <coughs> sorry, and then they all anticipated the Torah to be given on them. And there was one mountain that was so small, that was so low, that didn't even express its voice, its opinion, because it was so low, it didn't you know, do any justice to all the other high mountains over there. There's no way I am going to be the one that the toe is going to be cho- chosen on me. And one of them said, one of the mountains got up and said, since the Torah is so choshev, therefore it should be on me, because I am the tallest mountain, and therefore the Torah should be given on me. Another one of the mountains said, what do you mean? Torah is so choshev, it should be given on the widest, biggest mountain that encompasses the most amount of space on planet Earth. That's me. I'm the widest mountain. It should be given on me. And as we go so on and so forth through the Medrash, the Rabbi as we know, rejected all of these wonderful uh, applications from these mountains for the address of Kabbalah Satora. And as we mentioned, there was one mountain that didn't even put forth an application, and that was Har Sinai, and the Rabbi chose that for Kabbalah Satora because of the humility on the foundation, is the foundation of Torah, and therefore Torah should be given on Dafkon Hasina. I don't think there's anybody here right now that says, wow, what a Medrash! That's incredible! We all know the Medrash. We sang songs as kids to this Medrash. We still sing songs to all our kids. It's beautiful, it's wonderful, and it's MS. But there's got to be a more, and I say this, I don't really mean it, a more mature message. A more mature message, meaning a message that, you know, of course, when we're little kids, there's a beautiful message and it's wonderful and it's all true. But as we get older, we should try to look at things in a slightly more mature lens. And I think that now's the time to do that. You know, if, and the Mephoshim asked this kasha on the Medrash, if the Rabbi Nishalayim was looking for humility, 
If the Rabbeinu Shalom held that humility is a real attribute of Torah, and Torah can only be given on someone which is so, such a, 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 you, you know, a, a very low and, a, and, and a, not a Balgaivitika mountain, so why did the Rabbeinu Shalom choose a mountain? At the end of the day, mountains, however small they are, are a small fragment of a representation of arrogance, of ego, which is half the reason why the Rabbi rejected all the other mountains. There was an eagerness to this. No, you're not allowed to be no ego. No, no Balgaiva. We can't have that. No arrogance. So Rabbi chose Harsinai. But again, if we're looking for the deepest idea of humility, of anova, so why did the Rabbi Shalom choose a mountain to begin with? Choose a valley. Take the lowest place on planet Earth and give the Torah over there. That really shows humility. Wow. Why take a mountain? Good, it's a small one. But why a mountain? And the Mephoshim explained Pshat with a very, very big yisoid, which I want to bring out at this time. And that is that the Rabbi Shalom specifically chose a mountain and a small mountain. That's clearly that way. A mountain that didn't feel superior to the other ones. It was a mountain. It had its own height. It had its own strengths. But it realized that it's not superior to anybody else. A valley or a pit, in some way, is a sense of false humility. Because it means there's nothing there. So there is nothing there. And therefore... There's a very, very interesting idea of why the Rabbi Shalom specifically chose Har Sinai, which is a mountain, if the Rabbi Shalom was looking for humility. And that is that to know ourselves. Because to be a valley, to be a valley and say I'm nothing is not a big deal. But to be a mountain, to have some height to you, and still agree and admit and recognize that it's not you, and you're not superior to anybody else, that's the biggest attribute. And there's a remez, there's a hint, that the Rabbani Shalom is giving us, by giving the Torah specifically on Har Sinai, as opposed to a valley, if you're looking to, for the lowest place, to show us that every single person, is his own mountain. But you've got to be a mountain like Har Sinai. You've got to be a mountain that doesn't feel superior to somebody else. Yes, you have your qualities. Yes, you have your attributes. You have your wonderful parts to you. And every single person does. And we have to recognize that. But we also have to recognize, as one of the Kinyonim, as the Mishnah in Perukiyavas tells us, one of the Kinyonim of Torah is called a Makires Mekoyma, is to know your place. And I think it's a very, very important thing, especially in our generation, where many... Many, and I've heard this from many therapists that I've dealt with and many psychologists that we are, as we know, in a generation of low self-esteem where people don't know who they are. They don't appreciate who they are. They don't have the full sense of who they actually are and what they can do. And you know something? That stops them from going very far in life. And that's very, very sad. That's really, really sad. You know, we have relationships with many, many people in our lives, whether it's our parents, our siblings, whether it's our roommates, our rebbeim, whether it's our friends, whether it's our wives, our spouses, whether it's our kids, whether whoever it is, we have relationships with our work people, employees, whatever it may be. The very most important idea before you let somebody else into your life is to discover who you are. 
I think it's an incredible message. You know, we know that one of the biggest soldiers of the Torah, right? But Beshilal taught us, what is the Klal Godel Batoya? What is it? Let me ask you a question. Why does it say Kamoicha, like you? Why can't it just say Love everybody. What's the Kamoicha? The answer is because if you don't know who you are, if you don't recognize your wonderful character traits, your potential, how far you can go, then you can't love anybody else. You can't enjoy anybody else's company. The very first thing we have to get to is realizing who we are. And it's a, it's a very big problem when people don't realize who they are. What does an honor mean? What does it mean to be humble? You think Moshe Rabbeinu didn't realize he was the leader of Klal Yisrael? Let, let's just, you know, just take an idea. Rabchaim Kanievsky. Rabchaim Kanievsky. should live and be well to 120 years, but as is Hashem in good health. You think it doesn't happen? he's the God of Lado. You think it doesn't happen that he is the dress for all of Kalali Yisrael Shailas? I mean, he knows there's a line going all the way out, right? He may not have been out there when he's when, at that time, but he, he knows what's going on. He knows there are people that faxing in all sorts of Shailas. He knows who he is. What does that mean he's an honor? Which, of course, he is. But what is that? How, do you, how are you honor if you're the God of Lado? Moshe Rabbeinu was the biggest honor that ever walked through planet Earth. From beginning of time to the end of time, there will never be someone who's such an honor of like Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu, you split the sea. Moshe Rabbeinu, you took Klal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim, the biggest nace that ever happened on planet Earth, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu, you almost brought Klal Yisrael into Eretz Yisrael. You, you did everything for us, right? You brought the Torah down from Har Sinai. You went up to the Rabbeinu Shalom. There was no one that was allowed to do what you did. You went up there 40 days and 40 nights. You didn't eat. You didn't sleep. You didn't drink. What? I'm a regular guy. Moshe Rabbeinu knew exactly who he was. But he knew, and this is the key, where his strengths came from. They weren't his. They didn't belong to him. They were given to him. But he knew who he was. That's what an honor is. People have this idea that an honor is someone whose humility means he's a very, wow, such a humble guy. Humble doesn't mean I'm a nothing. That's called low self-esteem. Go see a psychologist. You need a little bit of therapy. You'll talk about it. We'll have a schmooze on the couch to discuss that, you know, maybe I should think of myself a little bit better. That's wonderful. But you want to understand it from a, a level of from the way the Torah looks at it. It's, it's right over here. It's right by Kabbalah Satoyah. It's right by Shavuos. That's where the Rabbi Nishram is giving us the hint. Know who you are. Know what you can accomplish. Know your potential. I'll tell you, Meridi Kazakh. I don't know how many people have gone through the Hagdoma of Chayva Salavavas. It's absolutely incredible. I suggest it's beautiful reading for everyone at all time. Go through the Hagdoma of Chayva Salavavas. Chalavavas was written, as we know, Rabbeinu Bechaya, a Rishon, buried in Tzfas. We were Zoyka to be by the Keva when we went to Tzfas, if you remember the end of last year. Beautiful. He starts off the Hagdoma. It's incredible. It's originally in Arabic and it was translated, whatever. So he starts off saying that he never found a safer that discussed the union of what is Chavis Alavavis after all, you know, maybe maybe we should just mention Chavis Alavavis goes through the mitzvahs that we do with our lave. Right? Now there's many mitzvahs we do with our guf, we put on tefillin, we eat matzah, we sit in a sukkah, we learn to, there's many things that we do with our bodies in a physical way. Then there are many mitzvahs that we can do with our brains. Just to think, Shavisa Hashem Lenegdi Tomet, Hakoras Hatoif. There's so much. You go through Shavodiselakim. You go to Chovasat. You go Shavitochen, the Betochen of the Rabbanishlan. That's not a mitzvah you do with your hands. You can't have Betochen with your hands. You can't have Betochen with your guf. 
It starts in your head. It starts in the lave, obviously, as well. That's what Chavis Alavavis is. Says Rabbeinu B'chayin Nakdoma, I never saw a sefer like this that dealt with the mitzvahs, with the inyonim of a person keeping mitzvahs with his mind, with his brain. I never saw such a thing. So nobody ever dealt with it. Maybe I should write a sefer on all the mitzvahs that are on a gaya. But then he says, me? <laughs> Who am I? Well, if nobody else did it until now, there's obviously a reason, right? And I'm going to get up and say, oh, I'm going to write the sefer that nobody else has written. Right? There's, there's a Russian talking over here, right? I'm, I'm not going to give you the Lashon. You look at that dumb yourself. It's absolutely mind-boggling. It gives you gives a person so much chizik. And then he says, no. Because if the Rabbi Shalom put this on my lap, and he put this in my direction, there's a reason for it. Right? And, and, and it's a beautiful way of looking at life. A fellow calls me last night, last night from Toronto. Well, it was a, a silo of a shidduch, whatever. But, you know, it was a similar idea. He said, if the Rabbi Nishlan put this in my lap, I can't ignore it. And he's right. He's 100% right. I maybe I'm not worthy. I maybe, who am I to do such a thing? No, no, no. I'm going to do it because this one Hashem showed me. So that's what he writes. Ravavik de Miller, as we know, is a beautiful parish on Chavis Alavavis. And on page 156 of his explanation of the Chavis Alavavis in Akdoma, he brings down, he said, this is the most beautiful and incredible lesson for every one of our lives. And he said, where else do we know this from? Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu was the leader of Kalal Yisrael, but before he became the leader of Kalal Yisrael, what happens? Moshe Rabbeinu was told by the Rabbani Shalom, okay, off you go, go take Kalal Yisrael out of Mitzrayim. Moshe Rabbeinu says, me? Huh, I, can, I can barely speak. You know, in order to take Kalal Yisrael out of you're going to go to Paro, right? Paro is the whew, biggest, you know, most important, you know, the leader of the whole Western world. He's in charge of the world. You've got to walk in there with special speaking skills. You have to know how to speak to a king. You have to know how to deal with a king. Moshe Rabbeinu says, it's not for me. It's not Negea. I cannot do these things. And as we know, the Torah tells us, Chazal, seven days, backwards, forwards, backwards, forwards, yes, no, yes, no, until eventually, what does Moshe Rabbeinu say? Shemois, Perek, Dalet, Posuk, Gimel, Shalach, No, Bayad, Tishlach. Go and send with somebody else. It's not me. What does the Rabbeinu Shalom say to him? Note. The Rabbani Shalom says to Moshe Rabbeinu, what's in your hand? Moshe Rabbeinu says, this is my stick, my trusty stick. So Hashem says, you know what? Throw it on the floor. So he says, okay. Throws it on the floor. It turns into a snake. Rabbani Shalom says, okay, now go pick it up. Moshe Rabbeinu stepped back. But he did it. He was scared. He did it because the Rabbani Shalom told him. Says of Victor Miller's that Sal, look at the story. Look what's going on over here. Let's just understand what's happening over here. Says of Victor Miller, the snake is the eight Sahara. So it's nochash. When a person has a situation to do something good, he may sometimes be scared. He may lack the confidence to do that. He'll give excuses. It's not for me. I can't do it. It's not my thing. I'm not into it. Lots of different things, right? Right? And, 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 and all the doubts that we have are not real. It's the snake. It's the Yitzhahara. That's what it is. The Rabboni Shalom is telling Moshe Rabbeinu, at this point in the Torah, a tremendous lesson. Don't be scared of the Yetzirah. Take it in your hand, hold on to it, like the Rabbi Shalom told Moshe Rabbeinu to hold on to the staff. It says, Rabbi Torah is Torah's Moshe, because why? Because it, got, it came through opposition, it came through difficulty, it came through when there was something opposite, and Moshe Rabbeinu's struggle is a model for all of us and our lessons in our life. Moshe Rabbeinu thought, me, who am I? And the Rabbi Shalom says, no, just go for it. 
And that is a tremendous, incredible lesson of all of our lives. The famous Meissen, the Kotzka, the Eiliger Kotzka, that he once, somebody once came, I've said this so many times, somebody once came to the Kotzka. He was a newcomer, right? Now, generally, he wasn't noticed over there by the Rebbe. And uh, the Kotzka said to him, tell me, young man, what are you doing here? So the young man says to the Kotzka, I've come here to, to discover the Rabbi Shalaylam. The Rebbe says to him, I'm terribly sorry, but what a waste of time. Total unnecessary trip you have just made. Because the Rabbi Shalom is everywhere. You could, have, you could have just discovered him from where you are. Why would you come all the way to Kotsk? So he said, you're right. So he said to the Rebbe, so why am I here? So the Heilige Kotzka said to him, you're coming here to discover who you are. That's what you're coming here to do. And that's what's an unbelievable thing, Rabbi Isai. Unbelievable, unbelievable idea. I, t- I told this to uh, Daniel the other day, and I said this before. When I was in New York, this is probably going back two years, two and a half years ago, I met a, a counselor in a camp, counselor in a camp in, uh, in America, upstate New York, who deals with not well children, disabled children. And he said it's a very enlightening experience to deal with these children and help them. It's, it's, it's such a chizik for him, and it's, it's beautiful. He said that last year, this was the year before he met me, he says they had a very special child. This child came all the way from Eretz Yisrael. They flew the child from Eretz Yisrael. How the child got there, I have no idea. But the child got there. All the way from Eretz Yisrael to go to this camp, upstate New York. This child was a young boy. Um, I don't remember the age. was not very, very old. Maybe uh, young, yeah, 12, 14, 16, maybe. Maybe. And... This child had no arms and no legs and was on a breathing machine. Can you imagine? I don't know how they threw the child from America to America, but they did. They wanted the child to have some kind of experience in the summer camp and therefore they sent the child to this camp. No hands, no feet, and he's on a breathing machine. And this counselor told me, you want to know something? This child finished Shas. This child finished Shas. And I was like, what? Hand no hands, no feet, finishing Shas. And you know what the answer is? When you know your potential, when you know who you are and you tap in to what you are, you can accomplish the world. The Rabbeinu Shalom in this Medrash, in this Parsha of Kabbalah Satoyah, where the Medrash says went from place to place and chose a mountain because a mountain represents anova, represents humbleness. No, not a valley. To be a valley and say you're nothing is nothing. But to be a mountain, to be a someone and recognize the gifts that Hashem gave you. Recognize all the good midas and all the values and all the koichas and the strengths that every single person has. And we don't do that. And we live our lives unfulfilled. We live our lives at Chas V'Sholem after 120 years. The Abadah is going to say, Hello, where's the Divrei Yitzchak? Where's the Imre Doniel? Where's the Shailas and Shuvas? Whatever it may be. Where is it? Me? <laughs> Who am I? Rabbi say, if you would have told me that I have for him 10 years ago, what is it? what are you, crazy? 15 years ago. It's not a gay to me. It's not for me. Other people write Svarim. It's me. It's not a gay. I would have got to Shemaim. Who knows what could happen? Could be I still have a lot more to write. I don't know. But the idea is, Rabbi said, that is what Chazal are telling us. Chazal are telling us that Kabbalah Satoya was given the dust on the mountain. Yes, a low one, but a mountain. Because you have to realize who you are. 
You may be a low mountain, but you're a mountain, and you realize, and you understand, and you recognize that you are a mountain. And that's Kabbalah Satoya. And if a person wants to really be zeicher to Kabbalah Satoya, a person wants to be zeicher to a life of Torah, to a life of keeping the Torah, to a life of living with the Torah, to the full maximum of what he can do. I think this is an incredible lesson. It's an incredible lesson of maximizing our potential of who we are and what can, we can accomplish. Yes, our koiches were given to us from the Rebbeinu They're not ours. It doesn't belong to us. It's not ours. It, it's not like, oh, well, look at me. Look what I did. No, no, no. Bechal not. The Rebbeinu gave me a koich and I used it for this and you used it for that and he uses it for that. That's beautiful. To recognize what we have but to use what we have. That is the lesson of Kabbalah Satoira. That's the lesson of the Medrash. And I think when we look at the Medrash as we started, of how the Rabbanisham went from all the mountains and chose Har Sinai, yes, HaKadosh Baruch Hu wanted to give on Har Sinai because it symboled another. But there is a message for all of us, and that's the message of use our lives to the fullest. Recognize our potential. Recognize our koichas. And Be'ezah Hashem, the Rabbanisham will give us all a beautiful and wonderful life.